audio for potential film. Talking about Uncle Bolaung and hearing from me and my dad. Okay. Well, uh, Bolaung came to the U.S. from Nigeria, I want to say around 1990, maybe 1989. And uh, he was uh, the first uh, immigrant to the U.S. from our family. Uh, he's always been a very charming, very dynamic, and very fearless person. There was no door that he could not enter. There's nothing that Balaam believed was beyond his ability to do. He just was fearless. And along with the fearlessness, uh, he also had charisma. He had a lot of charisma. Uh, even from the time we were young, going up in the streets of uh, Abidjan, uh, Balaam was known as uh, somebody who could get the girls. He just had an <laughs> easy way with the girls. Yeah. He had a lot of girls. I remember we're talking, uh, Balan was born in 1963, November 20th. Uh, I remember that because there's a story in our family that uh, uh, my dad was holding him when he heard that Kennedy was assassinated on November 22nd, and he almost dropped him. Mm. He was so shocked. And my mom was the one who just took him from uh, from my dad at the time. Wow. So that was the kind of story we old. grew up learning. It was just two days, two days old. Wow. And my dad at the time was uh, a, uh, a typist mm -hmm. with a... Uh, some U.S. agency that was affiliated with the uh, with the American embassy. So, uh, from the very young age, we were more or less exposed to the idea of America. I grew up with Time and Newsweek magazine and uh, uh, Voice of America on the radio, uh, and uh, uh, and my dad taking me to you know occasional. Uh, lunches mm -hmm. where we would eat hamburger and coke at the embassy. Uh, so for quite from a very young age, we were more exposed than the average uh, family to the idea of the United States and uh, and all that. So uh, yeah, Balan was known, you know, at an early age. 12, 13, 14, he was already having multiple girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And it was just easy uh, for him. <laughs> Easier than, even those of us who were a couple of years older than him, mm -hmm. he could talk to anyone. And uh, so uh, that was that. And then at some point, he, uh, our parents, uh, my mother decided to leave. Uh, uh, maybe I should point out that. That trait he probably inherited it from my dad himself, mm -hmm. uh, because my dad was a ladies' man. Yeah. He was a ladies' man. He was handsome, articulate, mm -hmm. and uh, even though I've also gotten that trait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being. <laughs> yeah. And 
even though he, uh, his education level was not uh, uh, relatively high uh, because he didn't go to uh, he didn't go beyond elementary school mm -hmm. and not because he wasn't intelligent because uh, I remember him telling us that uh, they have a Nigeria they call it the common entrance exam that's the transition from elementary school to you know middle school and maybe high school and there was a, an exam that it took to uh, gain admission into one of the top top uh, high schools in Nigeria at the time Ibobi College which mm -hmm. was in Lagos uh, it was one of the top schools and he was one of two people mm -hmm. from All Saints Elementary School that's where my dad went and uh, it was one of two people who were admitted to Ibabi College, but because his own dad, uh, at the time, uh, didn't believe in the benefits of Western education, he uh, stopped him. He didn't, even though he had the means, uh, he didn't uh, uh, sponsor him to go to school. But my dad figured, he figured it out, he traveled outside of Nigeria, he went to Ghana, and then he went to Cote d'Ivoire, and that's where we were born, and we were born and raised. And uh, so to go back to Balan, uh, he, uh, he uh, at some point after, I remember one very key moment. That shows his fearlessness and maybe a little bit of carelessness. I couldn't have been older than 12 and he was probably 10. And Abidjan is known for its uh, uh, lakes all around the place. We call it lagoons. Mm -hmm. uh, and occasionally, even though our parents would warn us not to go to the water because we didn't have to swim, you know, of course we went to the water. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, we went, we were, most of us were just on the edge of the water. Uh, but Balan was so fearless that it went and it went in too deep and it almost drowned. Yeah. So we rallied around and the people who could swim pulled him out of the water. Of course, we didn't tell our parents, but I remember that very vividly as, you know, feeling the sinking feeling that my brother could have died. Okay. Uh, so that just stopped me. Uh, never remember that. I'll never forget that. Uh, but then we grew up. Uh, uh, we would hang out in the neighborhood. We were more into just hanging out, talking uh, till the early hours of the. It was the ghetto, mm -hmm. uh, but we were comfortable and we didn't necessarily feel a sense of uh, endangerment. It was just our neighborhood and uh, we'll play soccer on the streets and. Uh, it was a poor, but it was a happy and uh, were oblivious to our own poverty. Uh, but then, noticeably, well, uh, even though uh, some of the people his age were hanging with us, he would not hang out with us. He and his friend, his, his name is uh, uh, Alexis, he and his friend Alexis were always going to look for girls. It was a thing with them. They will just go to different parts of the neighborhood and they uh, 
they they had girlfriends in the dozens, <laughs> not one or two, not three, not definitely three. in the double digits, uh, and obviously it took a lot of energy trying to look handsome and to, to try to maintain all of this relationship. Right. But they were into girls also, and they were more successful than those of us who were even older than them. So eventually, uh, my mom uh, decided that she wanted to retire home, mm-hmm. partly because my dad was so in the same uh, proclivities with women mm-hmm. <laughs> that Bolan was showing, mm-hmm. uh, and she had, she had had enough of that. And, uh, so we, uh, uh, she went to, she took the younger, our younger sisters, GBK and uh, Monsua and Biodon and, uh, and Murino, she took everybody and she went back home to Oshubo, uh, leaving my dad and myself. Uh, Bala also went with her. Mm. Okay. Uh, and uh, so in Oshubo, Bala transitions into high school and uh, eventually uh, he, uh, he got admitted to the University of Ife. But that was not before I myself had completed my uh, secondary school education and then went to Nigeria uh, to uh, get admitted at the University of Lagos. And uh, uh, that was probably the first time uh, Bolaon expressed some kind of admiration for me because he was in Nigeria a few years uh, earlier Mm -hmm. and uh, he was hoping to get into the University of, uh, of Ife at the time. But then I came in and I got into the University of Lagos and he was so proud of me and so so happy for me. And I think it was a year later or so that he himself also got into the University of Ife. So I was in Lagos, he was in Ife, and, uh, and uh, I remember occasionally uh, I would go to Ife and visit with him. There was a trip that we took with some of my friends from Lagos, and we uh, we, uh, we just went. And uh, you know, Ife was uh, had a great reputation for having you know a lot of beautiful girls mm-hmm. go to the University of Ife. So we took a trip from Lagos to Ife. And I love. told them, hey, there's no problem. Bala is there. My friends were really, really impressed. I was like, okay, guys, he took us. We went to the various female hostels. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew him. He connected <laughs> everybody with a girl. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. For years after, they were talking about that trip that we took to Ife where Bala was just... Stop. <laughs> yeah. It was... Uh, so, again... Uh, so... Uh, and then even in Oshobo, occasionally we will, uh, uh, that was when, you know, I'd finished uh, university, I went to serve, uh, Nigeria as what they call a National Youth Service Corps, which is uh, uh, some kind of a government program that allows people from one part of the country to go and spend time in a different part of the country. Uh, in an attempt to promote uh, national unity so I went and served in uh, the northern part of the country. And Balaam, before, uh, at around the same time, maybe a year later, he had also served in, uh, uh, I think it was in Agbo. Agbo is in 
present day Bendel State or maybe Delta. Uh, but that was when uh, we came home and uh, I remember there was a time we would, call, we would go home to Oshobo, maybe during our breaks from college, the university. Uh, we go home to Oshobo and uh, uh, it was just a great time. We'll go from two weeks, uh, we'll have a two weeks break or three weeks and we'll be there all together with the family. And uh, I remember when uh, uh, during one of those breaks, Bolan had uh, arrived home first uh, a day or two before I got home. And uh, my dad apparently was sitting in the front of the house, you know, and then he saw this really, really pretty girl was walking by. So he called her and say, hey, how are you? You look really pretty. Uh, Where's your dad and all of that? And uh, so it was like, here's what I want you. you know, somebody as pretty of you, you need to be going out with one of my children. <laughs> <laughs> I have two boys. One is in Ife and the other one is in Vegas. And I want you to go out with uh, one of them. <laughs> and uh, so it wasn't too long after that that Bolan got home and he heard about it. And of course, he had to go find her. Right. And before I could get home the next day, they were already dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's uh, KB. <laughs> we have some pictures of KB. Is that the one with the twin? Yeah, uh, that KB, there was a picture where she was holding you. Mm -hmm. uh, let me see. That's KB right there. Okay. You know? With the glasses? Some, yeah. Uh, KB, you see, you see it with... Uh, In the back. Uh, you see him with uh, two kids, and uh, mm -hmm. that was you and Latifah, actually. Yeah. So that, and then that's KB. That was his girlfriend at mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, there's another picture. I guess we can't find it we'll later. find it. Uh, but, uh, so that was KB. She was really, really pretty. Yeah. And uh, so, and now... Uh, so it wasn't until maybe a year, year and a half later that I also met your mom. Mm -hmm. um, one of all less similar circumstances because mm -hmm. uh, we, we were from a good family, even though we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we lived in the house that our grandfather built. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, and, uh, uh, but, uh, I met your mom under more or less similar circumstances. I had finished college, I had went to serve for a year, and I, 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 I'd come back. And then it was around, I think it was probably the 31st or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think, I'm talking, I'm thinking maybe December 31st, 1986. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was 1986. And then, uh, so we, uh, as usual, you know, uh, We'll go home, we'll, we'll kind of dress up. Blan will dress up in our dad's clothes mm. because it looked more dignified and, <laughs> you know, and it will add a modern touch to it, mm -hmm. to maybe the kind of shoe he was wearing or something like that. And then we just go out and try to have fun. Mm. I was doing one of those outings that uh, I saw this really pretty lady. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was standing, just sitting in front of her, her uncle's house. And was like, hey, hi, you're really pretty. We don't know who, no, who, you. Are, who are you. We don't, we don't know, know you. We don't know you. We know pretty girls. Yeah. You're a new pretty girl. We don't know you. And, uh, you know, 
And uh, she said, oh, no, she, she, she goes to school in Ife, but uh, she was just visiting her uncle. Well, uh, that's why. Okay, we are these, 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 and, you know. <laughs> and then we, we go out, and then we come back home. I was like, there's this girl that we saw. We need to... <laughs> To figure out how to... How uh, to bring her into the fold. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my, my sister, Jivika, was complacent. She was like, oh, that must be Shade. Uh, they got in school together in Ife. And she's mm -hmm. my mom was like, okay, you know what? Let's go to her house now. What? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we did with uh, Jivika and all and two of us. And your mom, of course, wasn't expecting us. And she was... You know, she was like, who are these people? Mm -hmm. You know, she was, uh, but that's how she was. Yeah. So many of you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, you know, eventually, uh, you know. So, and uh, uh, because Balan was very good at dating KB mm -hmm. and all of that, so it was obvious that, you know, Shadi was mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though we had to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> I'm you know. willing. <laughs> yeah, and that's how we started dating. So, and, uh, yeah. when um, the transition from him going to Nigeria to America, did, mm -hmm. he, did he know about his diagnosis then? Or do you know about okay. when he was diagnosed? No, he didn't know. Uh, he didn't know at the time. Uh, even though, uh, take your time to. Yeah, I want to think clearly about this. Uh, uh, oh, I don't think we don't know. We don't know. It was exactly new. at what point. Yeah. He got infected, but we were not concerned about. We're not concerned about that at all. It wasn't on the radar until later mm -hmm. when he came to the U.S. and I joined him about two years later. Mm -hmm. And we were both together in the U.S. You could see him. Uh, and it was fine until, you know, uh, uh, even though in Nigeria and in the Africa Coast, uh, and uh, uh, I can't really come up with a number, but I'm sure Balan probably slept wait a lot of people a lot of people i'm talking three digits yeah <laughs> a lot. it probably did book and have a course one way going up and then in nigeria and if it, mm -hmm. it was just his thing mm -hmm. or you know he did that and then one when he came to the u.s you know obviously that didn't change much mm -hmm. so he was very very sexually active uh you know uh and uh, my suspicion is probably that uh, after he came to the, not that he was careful who he was sleeping with in uh, Nigeria, mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't, uh, there was no indication that he had anything wrong until he got to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I suspect that maybe that's when he got infected. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, but I can't be sure. Be sure. Yeah. But his immune system would have been remotely compromised due to different environments. Oh, um, I, so I, I, yeah. you know. I don't know the medical bit. I just know mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, there was a time he felt sick. Uh, we, uh, oh, 
you see, back then too, there was a, a, I don't think we even got a diagnosis early because I remember there was a time he felt sick. Uh, it was dead in this young lady, Amanda. Mm -hmm. I saw in the picture from North Carolina, mm -hmm. Fayetteville, yeah. North Carolina. And he felt sick, so I had to travel from New York to North Carolina to see him. was in the hospital for a few days and all that. But I don't recall that they even no, gave him a diagnosis of uh, HIV. What was, the, what was the time frame? Uh, that must have been maybe in 94. 94. I must have been in 94 because I came to the U.S. in 92 mm -hmm. and from 92 to 94 things were fine. The right. first time I really had that illness mm -hmm. was in 94. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but that is a significant time yeah. frame, especially yeah. for HIV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was in 94, it was ill and then he came back and was active and we're going to, you know. But ultimately, uh, the one when New York, he fell asleep. From the first time around, I want to say maybe March of 94, and to June of 95, when he finally died. Uh, the, unlike now, it didn't have a period where it was HIV for a long time, then, and then you know it might have been uh, we just didn't know yeah. and was undetected. Uh, but when he became sick in '94, and he spent days in the hospital, and almost a year later, ultimately he, was, he died. Was great, you yeah. know, so I just remember that as you know seeing that transition. Yeah, it was a tough time. It's uh, uh, it was just the two of us, obviously, mm -hmm. and uh, it kept getting worse and worse, and eventually it became clear that you know he had AIDS, and uh, and he died. Uh, but not before, uh, you know, he got to see you and your mom come yeah. from uh, you know. <laughs> Did he get to see the Latifah? Yes, he got to see Latifah. Latifah was born about three months or so. He yes. was still active then. He came to the hospital. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, he saw her. And, uh, you know, but then he died three months later. And those, you know, he started deteriorating. He couldn't move. And ultimately, he passed away. Uh, but uh, I look back, uh, he was 32 when he passed. And I remember two things. When he turned 30, he probably had the HIV virus at that point in time. Uh, but uh, I went to see him. He was living in Brooklyn. Uh, and he looked good. Well shaved. He looked good. Yeah. And uh, I look back now, and that was about two years before he died. It's almost like, you know, like life was, you know, playing this trick on you, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but I look back with the benefit of hindsight and he, the sadness has gone. And what I remember is really how fully he lived, he lived his life. He lived his life fully. Uh, uh, doing well, you know, he wanted to come to the U.S. Not only did he come, he opened the door for me. And this is the reason why we are all in the U.S. now. And, uh, you know, it was this really fearless, could talk to people, could make things happen. And, uh, and 
and it was also deeply spiritual. I know it's very, very hard to reconcile this guy who sleeps with a lot of women and this guy who really will pray and uh, and uh, have faith in, in God and, you know. He's even a Scorpio. On his deathbed, yeah. Yeah, he's a Scorpio. <laughs> even on his deathbed, it was, uh, his last parting word to me is, be close to God. Be close to God, uh, you know, and... Uh, uh and uh yeah so that was that and uh he has uh he was a shooting star but he has enriched us all with you know just being there just you know uh, yeah so you know oh it's not really how long you live it's how you live it's how well and the quality of your life and it doesn't necessarily mean that you know you live in comfort or you have money you just aim for the things you want to do and you do them you know, to the best of your ability, and Balon certainly, certainly did that. And as a matter of fact, is the reason is that was the reason why, a year later, I uh, went to law school, because what I learned from him is you want to do something, just do it. Don't just plan or plan and plan and plan. Just do it. So even though I didn't have any kind of papers there, you know, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, I went to law school in 96, you know, I took the LSAT, did well, and got it. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, at least what comes to mind now. Mm -hmm. You know, there are little anecdotes like, you know, going to, together as a, with a slavery were more or less the same age, about 18 months different between us. And uh, there was a lot of sibling rivalry, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah.